Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. Jamie Clements is a breathwork teacher and the founder of The Breath Space. He joins us today to talk about the various forms of breathwork, what's going on in your brain, and how breathing can help. So, Jamie, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So first things first, why are you a breathwork teacher? What actually brought you to this area of expertise? So for me, it was uh, something I discovered through my own journey with mental health, my own journey with my brain and getting better acquainted with my brain. Uh, I suffered with, and obviously, you know, to to a certain extent, still battle anxiety. um, But I spent about 10 years battling fairly severe anxiety and depression and ultimately panic attacks as well. And alongside uh, CBT and more traditional therapies, breathwork was a big part of the the kind of progress for me and a big part of the the change. So yeah, it was really at, born out of that and and the value that it brought me. So I, I just felt kind of compelled and and like I really wanted to share it with other people. Love it. So I guess let's start off with what's actually going on in our brains whilst we're doing this kind of breathing. So quickly, I suppose split into two. I can go a little bit more granular than this, but I think broadly speaking, if we talk about two types of breathwork, so what I would describe as everyday breathwork and sort of deeper breathwork. So everyday breathwork, everyday breathing is about how we can consciously influence our autonomic nervous system. So that is really the crux of really all things breathwork, but specifically the simple breathing exercises that you hear talks about, things like box breathing, things like cadence breathing, sort of simple, basic, everyday breathing exercises that anybody can do. So when we talk about the autonomic nervous system, that is again, split into generally accepted as the sympathetic, which is the fight flight response, or the parasympathetic, the rest and digest response. And the autonomic nervous system governs all of the automatic Um, functions in our bodies, things like heart rate, digestion, and breathing. But the breath is, I suppose, unique as a part of that system as it's the only part of that system we can consciously control. So if we can change our breath, we can actually consciously choose to shift within our autonomic nervous system. So we can move into the rest and digest, or we can actually choose to upregulate and move into the, the fight flight as and when we feel we need to. So really, I view it as kind of our most primal, most essential form of taking action, our most essential form of responding to a situation. Because if we can change our breath, we can, you know, change our state and and shift our state. It's like Viktor Frankl on demand. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's my new tagline for the website, I think. So um, that is our, I suppose, at a basic level, everyday breathing, how we can learn to become aware of our breath, what it can do for us, how it works within our our bodies and our brains. And it it really acts as kind of that brain-body connection. That's part one, I suppose. And then when we talk about deeper modalities of breath work, this is a technique that I teach called conscious connected breathing. And what's going on in the brain with something like conscious connected breathing is we are and the research is, is emerging with this, but the, the consensus is that we are down-regulating 
the activity in the default mode network. So the default mode network is made up of a number of different parts of our brain, but one of the key parts of it is the prefrontal cortex, so the seat of the ego, the seat of conscious thought. And so when we do this certain type of breath work, we actually draw blood flow away from the prefrontal cortex, uh, the control center. And as a result, the experience can be highly cathartic. It can be psychedelic, as we've talked about in the past. It can really be essentially the unraveling of the process where other parts of your brain become more dominant. So what that experience looks like varies massively from not only person to person, but experience to experience. So some of the, I suppose, transformative experiences that I've had and that other people have had are around things like repressed or suppressed memories or experiences coming through in a breathwork session, experiences of, of joy, of sadness, of grief, but ultimately all of release. So that's a, a big part of the, the experience with deeper modalities of breathwork is usually some kind of emotional release, which can be something that's conscious and something that's known, but also something that might be a little bit deeper rooted in the subconscious or held in the body. Got it. And I was actually going to ask, you know, what's really going on in our bodies when we breathe in our day to day? So if we're thinking that everyday breathing, if we come back to, to that, and I, I was writing about this yesterday. If we spent every minute of every day thinking about how we were breathing, that would be really stressful. And we don't actually want to get to that kind of position where we're like, okay, I need to breathe like this because you would just be so overwhelmed with thinking about that, that you'd be, end up more in your head than in your body. So we have to find a way to, to breathe unconsciously and automatically that is optimal for us. And I think that's the key is that so many of us are walking around with what breathwork coaches might describe as dysfunctional breathing patterns. And I always talk about how we can change our breathing from a vicious cycle into a virtuous cycle. So for example, the most common dysfunctional breathing pattern will be like a shallow, short, short chest breath. And consequentially, we're activating our fight flight response through our breath. So for a lot of people who might experience high levels of anxiety, there could be a root cause there that starts in the body rather than starts in the mind. And to come back to that idea of the cycle, whether it starts with an anxious thought triggering a fight-flight response or whether it starts with a shallow breath triggering the fight-flight response, you can end up in this cycle of chest breath, anxious thoughts, fight-flight, anxious thoughts, fight, flight, chest breath, and you just end on this loop where you're actually doing more harm than help to yourself. So we can actually go about fixing that, turning it into more of a virtuous cycle where you're able to become aware of your breathing in a certain moment, correct your natural breathing patterns so that you're actually optimizing not only your physical health, because there is an element of physical health benefit within breath work as well um, through proper respiration, but also mental and emotional health through that kind of mind-body link. And I think that for me, one of the most simple hacks, and I don't like the word hack within the breathwork space is this concept of mouth taping. So I know we've, we've chatted about this before, taping your mouth shut when you sleep. And the idea behind this is really to stop something called overbreathing, which is where you are releasing and dumping out and exhaling too much carbon dioxide from your system. And we need a certain level of carbon dioxide to stimulate and activate proper oxygenation of our bodies and our brains. 
So if you are over breathing in your day to day, but also while you sleep, you can end up with brain fog, you can end up feeling fatigued, you can end up with your body feeling sore. And so I think for a lot of people, we underestimate, you know, the power of our breath. want to sort of touch on what breath work can specifically do for our mental health and why you think it should form a key part of our brain care routines again it comes back to that that broad split that we we mentioned at the start between everyday breath work and the deeper modalities of breath work so for me what breath work has allowed me to do and i'm sure not everyone but lots of people who have experienced severe anxiety can relate to is this feeling of your mind controlling you and a sense of feeling completely at the will of your brain and at the will of your thoughts and these intrusive thoughts that you can't really seem to get a handle on. And what breathwork enabled me to do was gain an understanding of my breath that allowed me to take back some of that control. So I went from feeling very passive to feeling very active and very much more in control of what was going on in my own brain. So that for me is has been a really big benefit. It's just this basic understanding and somatic awareness this understanding of my body and how it all links to my brain so that i can say okay what am i feeling right now what is my breath doing how can i change it to help myself so that has been like a a day-to-day really important thing that's allowed me to really take some more accountability responsibility and control over my my mental and emotional health and then at the deeper end of the spectrum that for me enabled big shifts that was the release of emotions that I hadn't felt before. That was things that I'd forgotten about and repressed. And I think if we're, we're all guilty of this to a certain degree, but men especially, and if I think about the work I do with the podcast about men's mental health and masculinity, one of the big releases and a lot of the work that we can get into with deeper breath work is around this idea of clearing and processing repressed emotional energy blockages in our systems and these are things as i mentioned that we might not even be aware of so for a lot of men there's this personality not disorder but concept called alexithymia which is becoming so disconnected from your emotional experience that you're actually not able to describe it or verbalize it you don't you no longer know what you're feeling you just don't really feel and Breathwork can actually allow us to bypass that conscious thinking mind and really get into the body where so much of this stuff is held. And that for me, when I think about what really helped me with my mental health, it was a combination of traditional talking therapy and CBT that allowed me to really understand consciously my triggers, my past, what was affecting me now. But the breath work was what allowed me to work through it and actually release it rather than just having a great understanding of it. So it's got so much potential right the way through the spectrum of all things breath work. Love it, mate. Thank you. And in the next episode, we're actually going to focus on breath work for stress and do a little session that listeners can join in with us. So before we do that, just to close us out, as this is the Brain Care podcast, uh, what does brain care mean to you and how does it show up in your life and what do you do to prioritize your brain other than breath work? Brain care as a, a term has been something that I've I've now come to thanks to to yourself and and the team. I think for me, it's always been ever since I started really taking that accountability for my mental health. It's been a, a factor, and it's really comes down to that toolkit of how can I give myself 
the best possible chance of feeling good and feeling clear. And I think that for me, clarity is a big thing when it comes to when I think of when my brain feels its best. And within that toolkit, it can be a multitude of things that come and go and move in and out. But I tend to have some non-negotiables around obviously breath work, meditation, sleep, obviously a huge factor, movement of any kind and, and time spent in nature. So the things that you hear a lot of and that a lot of people are championing, but I think they're they're popular and they're being championed for a reason. So yeah, those are probably kind of the things that make up my toolkit when it comes to brain care. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's been a pleasure to have you on and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Dan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and follow us at your heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com forward slash brain health to get your free score from one to 100. See you next time. <laughs>